Welcome to the About Health and Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Allen, a recovered sugar addict turned certified nutrition coach on a mission to help women learn how to balance their hormones and optimize their fertility. On this podcast, we have conversations with experts about all things health, hormones, wellness, nutrition, and more to give you the information, tips, and tricks you need to take control of your health and feel amazing in your body. I am so happy that you're here and I can't wait to dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're all doing okay wherever you are in the world. This is actually the first episode that I have recorded since October 7th and if you're listening in real time, October 7th was obviously a really crazy, traumatic time here in Israel. Um, and what's happened afterwards has only continued to be extremely, extremely challenging. This episode is not going to be about that. I think at some point I will record an episode about what's been going on here and how it's affected us in terms of the trauma, how it's affected our hormones and our bodies, but I am not ready to do that yet. So I'm going to be talking about something else, actually, which is very timely for me personally, because as I'm recording this, it's November 13th. And just two days ago, my baby boy, Rafael, he turns nine months. And I just kept thinking like nine months in, nine months out. It's so crazy to see a nine-month-old baby. And now he's just on the verge of really becoming a person. Like he's sitting, he's crawling, thank God. He is like starting to have little inklings of a personality. It's hard because I have a two and a half year old, really almost a three year old. Um, and she's like bursting with personality. Personality is literally pouring out of her every second in every expression that she makes. So like compared to her, you know, he has a very mild personality so far, but she was also like that at nine months. So I have a feeling it's going to come out in the next couple of months. And I can't help but think when I look at this nine month old baby, how crazy it is that, you know, all that's happened in the last nine months felt like it flew by so quickly for me. And the nine months of pregnancy felt like an eternity. I think I've shared it probably more on social media. Maybe I've shared it a little bit here on the podcast too, but I have really difficult pregnancies um, where I just feel really debilitated. And what I want to talk about in this episode is the postpartum experience. Now, I consider myself very much still postpartum. It takes us about two years to really recover from a pregnancy. Um, with my daughter, I got pregnant like a little bit over a year after I had given birth. So I'm like still in the recovery from that first pregnancy, honestly, even though she's now almost three, because I never had like the full two years of recovery. Still very much recovering from this pregnancy. And my second pregnancy and postpartum experience was really different than my first. I had a very different experience in terms of the pregnancy itself, my weight gain during pregnancy, weight loss after pregnancy, and body image after pregnancy, which I don't think I've spoken about at all publicly because I feel like it's a very touchy subject. I feel like it's something that I've never really had. I've never really had a good way of talking about it on social media because there's so much that needs to be said about it. There's so much context that's really important. And I just felt like in short form content on social media, I didn't really have an opportunity to get into it and give it you know, the full context that it deserves when we talk about these things. And the reason that I want to talk about it, because I went back and forth if I should even share this and do an episode about this at all, is because I was surprised by how much I was affected by feeling... I don't know if the right word is disappointed or stressed, but I ended up gaining a lot more weight in my second pregnancy. I actually gained double the amount that I gained in my first pregnancy. And it did not just like melt right off the way that it did in my first pregnancy. And I had a lot of really difficult feelings around it. And I was surprised by it because I've never really struggled with my body image. I am someone who works with a lot of people who do struggle with body image. And I always felt like, thank God, that was never my struggle. And, you know, because I've just always been thin, this is not really something that affects me. And it turns out that wasn't true. It is something that affected me. And I think there are a lot of people who, you know, are thin, but they don't realize how much it affects them or people in all sorts of sizes, I should say, that don't even realize how much these messages around what a woman's body should look like affect them. 
And my intention with this episode is for people who are struggling with this, you should just see how normal it is, how common it is, that you're not alone in it. Um, And my hope is that also by just talking about it, we can become more aware of this and find ways to you know, really deal with it and combat those thoughts and feelings because I didn't realize how deeply they were seeping in. And I remember a while back, I think it was after I had my first daughter, someone had once asked me, someone who works in like the body positive space, she had asked me, you know, do you ever struggle with body image? And my answer to her was, no, I don't because I've always been thin for my whole life. And we kept on talking and I've like reheard myself in my own head, repeat that answer over and over. And it really bothered me. It bothered me that I said to someone, no, the reason I don't have body image issues is because I'm thin. And I just remember thinking like, well, what if at some point I'm not thin? What if, you know, my metabolism changes or I gain a lot of weight in pregnancy or I could go on a medication at some point that causes weight gain? Like then would my whole relationship with my body and the way that I view my body crumble because I'm not thin anymore? Like, it felt like a really fragile, really weak relationship with my body. And it was something that I have then been more conscious about to build out a more positive relationship with my body and body image, even though, you know, I did continue to, for the most part, like stay relatively thin, or I would say objectively the way other people would view me. I've never struggled with other people telling me, you know, like, oh, you need to lose weight or anything like that. But I really experienced after this pregnancy, just how much you know, these things can affect us. And so I want to share my experience about how I dealt with it. And I need to just go back a little bit, start at the beginning, which is really talking about my first pregnancy with my daughter, Eden. So some of you know, if you listen to the first episode, my story, it was really such a miracle when I got pregnant with her and I was over the moon. I was so excited. It ended up being a pretty difficult pregnancy. I was high risk for a number of reasons. I had gestational diabetes and I also had intrauterine growth retardation or IUGR, which is basically where the baby is struggling to gain weight. And it was very, very stressful. I was put on high risk. I was going to the doctor about two to three times a week for non-stress tests from like, I think week 26 onwards, which was crazy. I felt like I lived at the doctor and every single appointment was like three hours because I would have to do the non-stress test and then wait. And I'd have to do, you know, like things with the nurses and my blood pressure and all these evaluations and then have a doctor check it. And sometimes they would see something they didn't like. So I had to go for a follow-up ultrasound. It was just like very, very, very stressful. I actually like could not even keep working at the time because I was so, um, I just needed to spend so many hours at the doctor. And because she was so small, the doctors kept saying, you know, we're not sure if she's doing well, if the baby's under stress, Um, we might induce you. So every time I was going to the doctor from like 28 weeks onward or 26 weeks onwards, I was preparing like, okay, I might, you know, have to go into labor at some point. This was also during COVID. My husband could not come to any of the appointments because they were not allowing partners into the doctor's offices. And it was just a really crazy time. It was really stressful and I wasn't gaining weight easily. So every time I would get weighed and I was also at the same time, I was meeting with a high-risk doctor for gestational diabetes. I was meeting with a dietitian. They saw what I was eating. I just like was not gaining as much weight as I should have been. But every time I gained a kilo, it was like, okay, you go. And we were so excited and we were celebrating it. And then thank God I ended up giving birth on my due date. The baby was at a perfectly fine weight, like maybe a little bit on the smaller side, but the truth is I'm not the biggest person in the world. Neither is my husband. So it wasn't like anything that was you know, we weren't nervous about her. There was no special protocol we had to do when she was born. She was totally healthy, thank God. And that was that. And I, in total, by the end of that pregnancy, gained about 25 pounds, which is like right on the cusp of what you, like the minimum of what you should be gaining in pregnancy when you're at a healthy weight to start. And I don't really remember so much about right afterwards how I felt about my body. I mean, I remember the first couple of days, it's weird. You still kind of look pregnant, but after a couple of weeks, I just felt like, okay, I'm feeling really good. I was really happy not to be pregnant anymore because I had a lot of pelvic pain. I had just a lot of back pain and hip pain. And I had a lot of anxiety around my pregnancy because I was high risk. So I was very, very happy. I felt much more like myself once the baby came out. I had a really good birth, thank God. Um, had a natural labor. It was less than five hours. It was like really, really amazing. And then because we had a lockdown at that point from COVID. I had moved into my in-laws. 
I was like really being pampered. I wasn't cooking at all. They were helping me with laundry and holding the baby. Um, my mother-in-law did a night feed for the first three weeks for the baby. Then my mom came in, was staying with us and she was feeding the baby at night. So I was sleeping and I had a really, really good recovery. And I remember by my six week postpartum appointment, when the doctor cleared me for exercise, I really felt ready to be getting active and, you know, just like rebuilding my core strength. And I felt really good. And probably about, I don't know, five, six months later, I remember really feeling like, okay, I feel like I'm in shape. I'm really liking how I look. I feel like I look like myself before I got pregnant. And I know a lot of people talk about like, okay, say goodbye to your body once you get pregnant, because you'll never see it again the same way. And I was like, well, that's not true. I do look the way that I did before pregnancy. And in fact, I was even more consistent at that point with yoga, with strength training, because it was making me feel so good. And I was so traumatized from how much back pain and hip pain and just physical pain I had in my pregnancy. I was really happy to be exercising and walking a lot. And I felt like I was just in really good shape. And then I got pregnant for the second time about, uh, I think it was like a year and five months. My daughter was a year and five months when I got pregnant for the second time with my son. And that pregnancy was just really different. And I don't know if it was because he was a boy or it was the second one, but my cravings were insane from the beginning. Like I needed bread. I needed fried cheese. I needed way more sweet stuff throughout that pregnancy. And I was just a bottomless pit. I was super, super hungry all the time. I was actually also really hungry in my first pregnancy and I ate a ton, but I was definitely eating more carbs in this pregnancy. I felt like because I had gotten my blood sugar to such a better place by the time I was pregnant for the second time, I was like a little bit more lenient with myself. I was testing my blood sugar. I saw that it wasn't out of control, but I was definitely loading up more on the carbs and I was gaining weight like pretty steadily. But because in my first pregnancy, I had had this really big fear with the IUGR and feeling like the baby wasn't growing, I was so happy to be gaining weight. So by my second trimester, I had already gained like 20, maybe 25 pounds. And I was really happy about it because I was just like, okay, I'm not going to be high risk. And we're not worried about the baby growing. And that felt really good to me. And I definitely felt bigger in my body. Like I could feel that I had already put on significantly more weight than my first pregnancy by that point. But again, during the pregnancy itself, I was happy about it. Um, side note, I will say also, I remember in my first pregnancy, people would make comments to me all the time that I looked so small. They're like, wow, you look so tiny. You look amazing. You must be having a great pregnancy. And literally whenever people would say that, I would cry because I was so stressed about the baby not growing and so sad that I was so small because I was like, what if something is wrong with the baby? Which now, I mean, I see my daughter. She's almost three. She's healthy. Thank God. She's like a totally normal, healthy kid. But at that time, I had no idea. Like, I really, really did not have confidence that I was going to come out of the hospital with a healthy baby. And so when people would make those comments, it was very, very distressing to me. And that's just to put out there, like, even if you think you're making nice comments to people that they look small or they look like this or that or whatever during their pregnancy, just I think you could always go safe and not comment on how people look during pregnancy because you never know how they feel when you make those comments and people are just you know, the emotions are really high. The hormones are really intense when you're pregnant. So anyways, in the second one, I was gaining more weight, but felt good about it. And by the end of that pregnancy, I had gained about 50 pounds, which was twice as much as I had gained in my first pregnancy. And I felt it. I remember feeling like on my stomach, on my thighs, on my back, there's literally parts of me that did not exist anymore. But I was like, okay, I'm sure I'm just going to pop the baby out and whatever, it's going to melt off kind of like how it did with the first pregnancy. And that did not happen. So quick little overview of the birth. I gave birth six days early. It was very unexpected and surprising. And my entire labor was less than two hours, which was amazing, but also a little bit scary. And I like had not processed that I had given birth because it all happened so fast. Maybe I'll do a different episode another time talking about my birth stories, because I'm also like a really big advocate for natural birth or just positive birth experiences, do whatever you want to do during birth. But I get freaked out by needles. So I really did not want any kind of medical intervention. And I ended up, thank God, having two really great natural labors. I was so happy to, again, not be pregnant. I was so happy that the baby came. I was so done with being pregnant. And I was just like, okay, great. This is where you know the fun part starts. And I think maybe because it was the second kid and there was a lot less of a learning curve, 
I fell in love with the baby so much more quickly. Like with my daughter, it probably took three, four months to me for me to really feel like this is my baby. And I felt connected to her. But with him, it was like, I don't know, maybe 24 hours later, I was just like, this is my little man. I'm obsessed with him. And I didn't even want anyone else to hold him. Like my husband wanted to hold the baby after, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half after I gave birth. And I was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) I don't want to share him. Like this is my turn. And he's like, can I just hold the baby for five minutes? And I was like, no. And I had so much more like physical desire to be connected to the baby. Like I let him nap on my chest all the time. Um, Nursing just came so much more easily because it was the second time around. And I felt like, you know, all the little things like the diapers and the bath and the equipment of the stroller and the car seat and all that stuff was so much it occupied so much space in my brain the first time around because there's so much new stuff. But with the second, it was like, you know, it was kind of like picking up a bicycle again. And it hadn't even been that long since I rode the bike. Like my older daughter was still in diapers. It's not like, you know, I hadn't done a diaper. I hadn't done a newborn diaper in a while, but a lot of those little things were so easy and second nature by that point. And I felt like it created just a lot more space for love. So I was really in love with the baby and I also knew what I wanted out of my postpartum experience. I took a full break from work, like really was not working at all. I didn't check email. I deleted Instagram from my phone. I was not on social media. I got my Kindle as my push present and I was like reading all the time while I was nursing. And overall, I was so happy to like kind of be back to myself mentally. Um, I knew what to expect in terms of the sleeping and actually not true anymore. But at that point, the baby was sleeping so much better than my daughter ever had. And I was really, really proactive about making sure I would nap every day and try to catch up on sleep wherever I could. So overall, I was feeling really, really good. The one thing that was kind of like not perfect in this whole experience was every time I saw myself in the mirror, I was just like, what the hell? Honestly, that was the thought. It was like, what the hell? I still look pregnant. I think part of why this came up initially so much was that we had the bris. And I didn't have a breast, obviously, for my daughter because she was a girl, but also because I gave birth to her during COVID, we didn't do anything. Like there was no kiddish at shul. There was no celebration for her naming. Like everything was just done really small, like immediate family only. And I think I was in pajamas for like the first month postpartum because there was nowhere to go. We were literally on lockdown. And with him, it was like, okay, I gave birth. Now I have to find a dress immediately. Also, side note, I was a thousand percent convinced I was having a girl the second time around. So I really did not anticipate preparing for a bris, which was like a whole mental thing in and of itself. Um, Basically the way that we've done it, my husband and I, is that I really don't want to know the gender and he really does. So he has found out both of the genders at like the 15 week appointment and hasn't told anyone. Like he hasn't told me, he didn't tell anyone else in our families. People think it's really crazy that we do that, but I'm just like, I don't know. It works for us. He knows and I don't. And then we each get what we want. But at one point in this second pregnancy, he had said something about like, oh, when the baby comes and we get her, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, you just ruined it. You said her. I know it's a girl. And he was like, no, I just slipped up. I'm used to saying her because we have a girl. And I was devastated. I was so upset that he ruined the surprise. And I was I was really, really annoyed about it. I was probably like in my late 20 weeks, maybe like 27 weeks, something like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pretend I don't know. But then by the end of the pregnancy, I was like, whatever, this is stupid. I need to order new bassinet sheets and random stuff. So like, I'll just order the pink. I know it's a girl. I know it's a girl. And then when the baby came out, I thought there was like a problem with the umbilical cord. And then I realized it was a boy. And I literally almost fainted from shock because also just everything, like he came early and the labor was so quick and it was a boy. I was like, just what is going on? And now, oh my gosh, we have a bris. And I had given birth on Shabbos. So we were having a Shabbos bris. It was just crazy. And I was like, okay, I have to figure out something to wear. I didn't even anticipate that I would also have to ever do a Shabbos bris. Like who has Shabbos brises? And so I was trying to find something to wear and I could not find anything that I felt like myself in. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I still look pregnant. And I kept having this thought in my head of like, why was the bump so cute a week ago where I was like kind of emphasizing it and wearing maternity clothes that like, I liked showing the bump. I felt really good about it. I was so happy to be pregnant and building my family. And now I was like, I want to hide the bump. I need like the loosest, baggiest thing. 
And it's not fair. Like, why do I have to hide this bump now and feel like it's so awkward or I don't like the way that it looks because the baby's out. And I just was like having all these weird things of, you know, I don't know what to wear and nothing looks good. But I was like, okay, Lauren, give yourself grace. It's been a week. You just had a baby. It takes like a long, a long time for your body to, you know, shrink the uterus and, you know, just kind of recover from what just happened. So that was kind of my initial thing. But as the weeks were going on, I was just like, it's not looking different. Like I still look pregnant and I don't know. I just don't remember having it the first time around. And I found myself having a lot of really negative thoughts about it. And part of what was so disappointing to me was that I was overall having such a good postpartum experience. Like I loved my baby. I felt like myself. I happened to have had a bunch of friends on maternity leave with me. So we were getting together every day with like the strollers and the mommy walks and going for coffee and for long walks in the park, like for three hours and just sitting. And it's so nice to have that where you can sit with people who are in the same exact stage as you and just talk about their sleep and the diapers and all the baby stuff. Like I'm such a big believer that moms need the support of other moms. And it was, it was just really, really nice. Um, and I loved my time off of work. I love my work so much, but I had really, really pushed myself with finishing the course and doing the empowered path to pregnancy while I was pregnant. And I was like, okay, I'm really happy to be taking a break and just focusing on family right now. I'm like, there was so much good in my life. And I was so in love with the baby. And also I know what probably every mom thinks this, but like he was literally the sweetest, cutest, most angelic looking baby. I could just look at him all day and not get sick of it. And I never thought I would love the newborn stage, but I really, really did. Like he was just the sweetest thing. I look at pictures of him from two months and under all the time still now. And I'm just like, I miss this. He was so sweet. And I was so loving that newborn bubble. And every time I walked past the mirror, I was just like, what the hell? Like, why do I still look like this? And because I've done a lot of work on mindfulness and meditation, I'm very aware of my thoughts. So I don't feel like I have that many deeply subconscious thoughts that I'm not aware of. When I was thinking these things, I heard them in my head. It was like, you know, a big flashing sign that was saying this. And I knew that, again, it wasn't like necessarily such an objective thing that other people would look at me and be like, oh my God, she gained so much weight in her pregnancy. She still looks pregnant. But to me, I was like, I don't look like myself. I don't look the way that I identify as or the way that I view myself. I certainly don't look the way that I did before pregnancy. And I was having a really, really hard time with it. And I also felt like I don't really want to talk about it with people because I know everyone has their own different postpartum experience and I don't want to make anyone feel bad or insecure. And like, I've had friends who have had much more struggles with their weight gain in pregnancy, outside of pregnancy. And like, who am I to really talk about this? Because who wants to hear a thin girl talk about it? And what I found was that when I did open up about it, it was actually, it was really powerful in helping me connect more to my friends and other women who had also struggled with this. And it just made me realize like, really so many of us are struggling with this. And I don't want to equate, you know, my struggle with someone else's um, who maybe is receiving a lot more objective negative feedback, because I know that's true. I've worked with people who have told me like just the horrible comments that other people say to them. And it's it's not the same thing. It's not the same experience to be feeling insecure in your own head because of what you think when you look in the mirror versus knowing that other people are not just thinking it, but like actually saying things to you. And I don't, I don't love when people try to equate the two and say like, you yeah, know, it's just as hard to be in a skinny body as it is to be in a bigger body. Like maybe if you're on the extreme side and people also say things that make you uncomfortable, but I have definitely found the, you know, that idea of thin privilege. It's true. Like most clothes fit me well and I don't struggle with a lot of insecurity generally about my body. And there is a tremendous amount of privilege in that. And I don't want to pretend they're the same thing. At the same time, I was like, if this is affecting me, I think that just goes to show how deeply messed up it is in our society that we have these crazy pressures and expectations on women um, in all areas of their life at all times, but especially postpartum. There's like so many different postpartum weight loss programs and diets. And I have people reach out to me all the time who tell me they want to work together because they want to lose the baby weight. And so I want to talk about my approach of how I dealt with this and how I'm continuing to deal with it. So the first thing that I did was just recognize the thoughts. Again, that was pretty easy for me because I've done a lot of work around 
thought recognition and like in coaching, we talk a lot about the models of how your thoughts affect your feelings, which affect your actions. And I was just like, okay, let me get really clear on what thoughts are coming up. So a big one for me was again, just like, what the hell, what the hell is happening? And then I would answer myself. I would be like, okay, here's what happened. You had a baby two months ago and that's what happened. And it helped me to like answer the question of what is happening. There were other thoughts that I did feel like were a little bit more, um, I don't want to say dangerous, but like the thought definitely came into my head of like, oh my gosh, I should eat less. I need to start working out more. I should go on a diet. And I would literally hear the thought in my head and be like, Lauren, what are you talking about? You've never, like I have never dieted for weight loss in my entire life. And it was scary that those thoughts were coming into my head. And I was able to recognize like, okay, that's a thought in my head. It doesn't mean I truly believe that. It doesn't even believe I truly want that because I know what I want. What I want is really to focus on healing and breastfeeding and replenishing all my nutrients. But I was hearing those those thoughts and seeing them in my head of like, I should eat less. I should go on a diet. And I also remember really thinking like, oh my gosh, please, Lauren, like please do not start doing anything unhealthy. You have built up such a good, healthy relationship with food. I really do view food as medicine and I view it as this avenue that has helped me unlock so many beautiful things in my life, everything from my fertility to my family to being the best version of myself. Um, I do. I feel like it's a really pure, really beautiful, holistic relationship that I have with eating healthy. And I was like, don't ruin it. You go on a diet, like you're just going to ruin it. And it's going to make eating healthy so hard because there, there's such a fine line between truly eating for health and eating for, you know, trying to lose weight or manipulate your body. And I was like, you can't even cross one tiptoe over there. Like, don't do it because it's going to wreck everything that you have. And so I really, really did not want these thoughts to stick around. But I'm also a believer in you can't just get rid of negative thoughts. Like, they're there. And it doesn't help us to pretend that they're not there. I feel like that's usually how they then seep out unconsciously into our behavior and our habits. And I tell myself, it's okay to have all kinds of thoughts, right? We all have thoughts that we would never want announced publicly on a podcast, things that are crazy, things about other people, our families, ourselves. It's okay to have those thoughts. What really matters is our feelings and our actions. And you don't have to get rid of the bad. One thing that I've done a lot in you know, my work on like thoughts and, and mindfulness, this was something that I've heard in visualization meditations is if you have a negative thought, you could be like, okay, it's here. I see you. I recognize you, but I'm just going to envision in my brain. There's like a little shelf with a little box on it. And I just put the thought in that box. It's there. It's okay to be there, but I'm storing it away for later. I don't want to focus on it right now. And what I want to bring in instead are both neutral thoughts that I really believe are true and good thoughts that sometimes I can tap into and believe are more true than others. So when it comes to the neutral thoughts, those are just things that are like really, really factual that I can go back to that I'm like, okay, this is rational. This makes sense. So one thing that I would tell myself again is like, what is happening? Why did this happen? Why do I look like this? I would go back to, I had a baby two months ago. I had a baby three months ago. And what happens when you are pregnant and have a baby well, you have the weight of the baby, which for me was like a little more than six pounds. You also grow a placenta, which I don't know if everybody does this, but after both of my births, you give birth to the baby if you haven't given birth. Um, I don't know if you know this because I didn't know this, but there's like the second part of birth, which is giving birth to the placenta. It needs to come out of the body once the baby is out or it could actually cause a lot of problems. And I asked them both times. I was like, I want to see this placenta, this thing that has been weighing on me. And my body just created like a whole new organ to support this baby. I think it's the coolest thing ever. I'm usually very queasy when it comes to anything gory or bloody, but I don't know. I was like, I want to see my placentas. I thought they were the coolest things ever. And I was able to have that visual of it in my head while I was having these thoughts. Like it's a huge, huge organ and it's dense and it's packed with all sorts of nutrients to help my baby grow from a little tiny cell that you can't even see into this like full on human. And especially like my baby, he really was this stunning, gorgeous, cutest little baby I've ever seen in my life. And that helped me to be like, okay, there was the baby weight. And then the placenta weighs one and a half pounds. And then, you know, a lot of other tissues in the body get bigger. Your breast tissue can 
gain up to two pounds. And then also once you start producing milk, which I was breastfeeding, I was exclusively breastfeeding for the most part. Um, and I definitely like felt that in my body that I had gained weight there. That could be another two pounds. Um, you're packing on just like extra fat cells. So your body knows just in case we have extra energy here to, su- to support mom and to support baby through this in case food becomes less available. Um, you increase your blood volume and all other fluids in your body. That's about eight pounds of fluid together, which, you know, you lose some of that in birth, but not all of it. The uterus expands to another 10 pounds. Um, So really overall, you end up gaining like about, I don't know how much it is altogether, but I think it's around between 15 and 20 pounds just from like your own body's excess growth. And then there's the baby on top of that. And then some people also just put on extra weight on top of that because of the way they're eating or because genetically your body feels like it's important to store extra energy during this time. And so going back to that was really helpful for me of like just understanding, okay, this is what happened and this is just neutral. This is what happened. My body did all these amazing things and it grew in all of these ways. And that's why I gained the weight. Now that the baby's out, it doesn't just like poof, disappear, you know, all the extra volume and fatty tissue and whatever. And that's okay. And then I would also think a lot about what did I want to be focusing on? What were the good thoughts? Or I would say like the more intentional thoughts that I wanted to be bringing in. So one was, what do I want out of my postpartum experience? And I was very, very clear with myself on this. Like my number one thing was for me and baby to heal and feel good. And the way that I was doing that was focusing number one on sleep. Like for me, sleep comes before everything else postpartum. I wouldn't say that I would intentionally skip meals, but like if I was hungry and the baby had just fallen asleep, I was like, okay, I'll eat later. I'm taking a nap. And most of the time I was still able to eat three meals a day. I had a lot of help around meals. My community set up a meal train. My parents were by me. Um, Food was just like, we had a ton of stuff in our freezer. It wasn't hard for me to eat, even to eat really healthy meals, honestly, but I would pick sleep first before everything. Cause without a sleep, without sleep, I am basically a monster. So sleep was really important. And I was like, that is something that I just want to be prioritizing. Um, I want to be prioritizing replenishing nutrients. So you lose a lot of blood in the process of giving birth and afterwards, um, replenishing iron, B vitamins, zinc, just a lot of protein, a lot of healing foods, a lot of antioxidants and vitamins, um, is just, it's so important to be getting those things in. And those don't come from low calorie foods. They come from, you know, fatty meat products, from liver, from starchy veggies, from whole grains. And I also was very focused on making sure that breastfeeding would be something that I could do for my baby. And for me, it's, you know, uh, I believe, you know, fed is best. Everyone should feed their baby the way they want. The way I want to do it is through breastfeeding for the most part. And you need to be eating enough carbs and protein and fat to have nutrient desperate, nutrient dense breast milk for the baby. And to make sure that your body's not like stripping itself of nutrients and just diverting them to the breast milk, because you could have nutrient dense breast milk, but be depleting your own body's stores of nutrients. And I obviously did not want to do that. Ideally, the baby is growing and getting everything he needs. And I'm also getting everything that I need. So these were really the things that I wanted to focus on. I also wanted to focus on, again, time with my friends and time with other new moms. I found that was so healing and so wonderful during that time. It was something I did not have after my first postpartum experience because of COVID. And so people were not getting together. Um, Also, like I gave birth before the vaccines had even come out. So it was really like still this very early stage of COVID where people were super, super cautious and careful. And then also with the baby, like we didn't know what would happen if God forbid a baby got COVID. So I didn't have any kinds of support for my community in that way. And I found that the second time around, that was like one of the best things was really that time with all my postpartum friends. We had a great time together. And I just kept telling myself like, that's what I want to be doing. I want to be waking up and seeing whatever schedule everybody else is on. Cause you know, all our babies are on crazy different schedules and no one's sleeping. And, you know, between the feeding and the diapers, like coordinating a time to go on a walk was a project in and of itself. And I was like, I don't want to be, you know, doing some postpartum build your core, blast your core, lose the baby fat workout. I don't want to be doing that. I did want to be walking. I did want to get back into doing yoga. I had really, really missed yoga and I had missed feeling strong and feeling good and capable in my body. 
I think I have a lot of like weird mental stuff when I feel so debilitated in pregnancy. I feel very weak. I feel very incapable. So I did want to focus on, you know, exercising to feel good and to feel strong and to feel capable. But I was like, if I'm going to be exercising, I had started doing one of these, like, you know, postpartum rebuilds your core that was more focused on like how to safely rebuild your core postpartum so that you could do regular everyday things. But even that, honestly, it was so boring. It was just so, so boring. I was like, I hate this. And even if, you know, postpartum yoga classes are a little bit like, you know, they're a little slow, they're more stretching. It's probably going to take more time for me to rebuild the strength. I just find it so much more enjoyable. So I was like, I'm done with these. I'm done with the postpartum program. Like I threw it out the window. I actually canceled my subscription that I had signed up for. And I was just focusing on yoga because that's what made me feel good. I really wanted to be focusing on also just giving whatever extra energy I had in my day to Eden, my daughter, because it was definitely hard on her as just over a two-year-old to get a new baby brother and to have mommy all of a sudden disappear all the time to be nursing. And she would like scream and cry and hit him when I was nursing him. So that piece was its own whole journey. And when I had any extra time or energy, I was like, okay, I want to have special time with her. And I just don't want these negative thoughts about my body seeping in here during this time. Like there's no room for that. I feel like I have, thank God, this great postpartum experience overall, except for this one little dark black hole. And I felt like there were times where the black hole was kind of sucking the other good things into it. Like I found myself having multiple times a day, these thoughts around just, you know, the way that I was looking and being like, my clothes don't fit. I thought I'd be back in my regular clothes at this point. Why am I still wearing maternity clothes? Why, you know, just a lot of questions of like, why is my body still doing this? And And like, I want it to change. It wasn't just why it was, I'm not happy with this. I wish it were different. And it's, you know what? I'm just going to say it straight up. Like it sucks to be in that place. It sucks to be having those thoughts where you're like, I'm not happy with how my body looks right now. And I wish it were different. And I really did feel like it put a damper on this postpartum experience. And I would just go back, you know, to those first things of, okay, recognize the thought. They're allowed to be there, put them on the shelf, bring in the other thoughts, And so I would try to do a lot of time just like meditating on really positive thoughts. I know this might not be applicable to everyone, but I love the experience of labor. I really felt like labor was the highest high I've ever experienced in my life with both of my labors. And so whenever I found myself like getting stuck in the mental loop of, I don't like how I look, I should do something different. Maybe I should try this or that. I was like, okay, put that thought on the shelf. We can come back to it later if we need to, but what we're going to actually focus on now is just kind of replaying that vision of birth. And for me, that's like, I feel the most super woman, super mama, amazing feelings. Like I could do anything in the world. And my body is unbelievable. Maybe some people have that with pregnancy, like the experience of pregnancy itself or feeling the baby kick or something like that. And you can go back to just thinking about those feelings of what it felt like to feel really, really good in your body. Um, So that's what I would do. And I would try to bring in those feelings of, I just want to feel really, really good in my body. And this, I would say, definitely came up a lot more in the first three months. I think as time went on, I was like, okay, I do want to get back into a good routine. Also, I put my baby in daycare at three months, um, which again, everyone does what works for them. I was supposed to put him in at like three months and one week. And I called them up. I was like, you need to take this baby. Like I need some time to myself. I felt super, super attached in the beginning. And I was still very much attached to him. I still, I love being like physically close with the baby, but I also am someone who just, I like alone time. I like having my space. I did feel like I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready to, you know, be able to do something for more than 20 minutes before I have to change a diaper or breastfeed again. Um, I don't mind pumping so much. So like I was just ready at three months. And once that happened, I also said, you know, I want to get back into a regular, more active routine. I had also been eating less healthy throughout that whole time. I will say like through that pregnancy and the first three months postpartum, I just had much higher sugar cravings and I don't deny myself. So I was like, okay, that's totally fine. But also I was like, I'm ready to get back to really focusing on blood sugar balance again so that I could feel good in my body so that I could get set up for a productive day once I was back to work. It's not like for the sake of manipulating my body. And I was just kind of like, listen, whatever is going to happen will happen. And I really tried to just keep wrapping my head around the idea that my body is different now because my life is different now. And I couldn't have had the whole experience of becoming a mom 
over again and having a second baby who I love so much and I feel like has enhanced our life and our family so much without my body going through this journey. And there's definitely a piece of it that also I would just be like, well, why does the dad get to go through this whole journey and nothing happens to him? But getting stuck in that thought loop doesn't really do anything for me. Um, I really just try to focus on, you know, it's, it's the full picture. It's the totality of the situation. You can't have that experience of being pregnant and growing a baby without it changing your body. And just over time, I've gotten a lot more okay with it. Um, I definitely don't feel like I've lost all the baby weight. I also don't have a scale. So the truth is I don't know in terms of numbers. I don't really care about the numbers. I tell my clients this all the time. I don't think the numbers are very indicative of much when it comes to our health, especially as someone who was always at a healthy weight. And I had really, really bad blood sugar levels and my insulin resistance was really not good when I was at a healthy weight. So I'm just like, you know, having a healthy number or whatever is considered a healthy number on the scale, it doesn't really tell me much. Um, I'm much more attuned to numbers like what my actual blood sugar numbers are, or when my cycle came back, looking at those numbers, like to me, that's much more indicative of if I'm in a good place with my health. So it wasn't so much about the scale. For me, it was more just like the actual feeling of being in my body. And you know, you know, when you feel like you're bigger in certain areas, like I see it that my stomach is still just much bigger than it used to be. And my thighs and my back still just have a lot more oomph to them than they used to. And, you know, um, I'll say that like there are days where I feel more okay with it than other days. Um, another thing that's really, really helped me has been recognizing that this is something I don't take any responsibility for. I feel like even if you're not someone who struggled with it firsthand, it's it's impossible to grow up in our society without having some of these messages seep into you. And even again, if no one's ever said to you, like, you need to lose weight, it's like a fish doesn't know it's in water. It's everywhere in our culture. It surrounds us. It's every message that we've got from like every movie or commercial or, you know, you're a little girl and you're shopping for Barbies and playing with your dolls. Like it's been a constant message throughout so many different places, not to mention magazines. I'll actually post it on my Instagram. I saw this crazy video of someone who like compiled all these magazines from the 90s and the early 2000s, which literally every single cover of every single celebrity magazine had something about this celebrity gaining weight or losing weight or how to lose five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever. And it's like, you don't even realize. Another thing that I've noticed actually a lot postpartum because I'm just in this stage of life where you know I'm having kids, a lot of my friends are having kids. It's like, even in the absence of what's said, it speaks volumes. And I'll explain what I mean. Like sometimes people just, you know, stay really thin in their pregnancy and they don't gain a lot of weight and they do bounce back. And then people will see them and be like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. You don't even look like you had a baby. And the intonation of their voice is very much complimentary. Like they're saying it as a compliment. It's a compliment. It's a good thing. You don't look like you had a baby. The absence of what they're not saying is, if you do look like you had a baby, that's a bad thing. And I felt that a lot of like, I'd hear other people make comments, you know, oh, so-and-so, she looks amazing. She doesn't even look like she had a baby. And I was like, okay, so I guess if you look like you did have a baby, which is the reality, I did have a baby. Actually, I had two babies now. Um, Like, that's not so good. And I, I was just very aware of like, there are so many places where we're getting that input. Lauren, it's so not your fault that you've been having some of these negative thoughts or to me, what even felt like a scary thought. It's a scary thought for me to ever feel like, oh, I should diet and try to lose weight because that feels so out of line with my identity. And then also, hello, when it comes to my work and what I do, like I've built an entire brand and and social media following and you know educational platform on the idea of eating for your health and your hormones not eating to lose weight, not eating to manipulate your body. And so those thoughts creeping in felt really scary to me, not only because of the implications it would have on my own life and my own personal body if I were to act on them, but I was like, I'm not who I claim to be if I care about this stuff. Like I really claim to be someone who really stands for health and I'm against diet culture. And I believe that there's a way to nourish our bodies and our hormones without tapping into any of that. I think I at first felt a little bit of like, oh my gosh, I'm a fraud and everyone's going to figure it out that like, I actually do struggle with this. And I've had some of those scary thoughts. And if that's something that anyone here resonates with, like, obviously for me, there's a professional level of 
you know, identity that went along with that. But if you're also just someone who's like, oh, that's not me. I've never been that girl who's been worried about that. Like I've had friends who were always on diets, but that wasn't me. And now all of a sudden I'm thinking about it postpartum. It's really not your fault. And I don't want to say it to like absolve us of the responsibility to work on our relationships with ourselves, because I think it's really easy to have that just kind of like be a slippery slope. And then all of a sudden snowball where we do end up making really unhealthy choices about the way that we nourish ourselves. But the fact that those thoughts are there in the first place has a lot to do with our culture and our media. And it's not your fault. I think the best thing that we could do is just bring up the awareness around it, like both internally and recognize your own thoughts about it. Ask yourself if those are thoughts that you want to believe or you even like. And if they're not, then it's really about bringing in some of those other neutral and more positive thoughts. And I'm not going to pretend it's easy. Like, again, I'm now nine months postpartum. I think there were three times this week where my toddler asked me, mommy, do you have a baby in your belly? And I said, no, I do not. And she said, oh, but your belly's so big. Are you really full? And I was like, I'm also not full. I'm pretty hungry. It's almost dinner time. And again, like I could laugh about it because it's not something that I feel like has been this, you know, majorly depressing emotional issue in my life. Like I know there are other people who would feel really hurt in the moment and not laugh at those times. Um, But I also just want to set a better example for my daughter. And I tell her like, no, sometimes mommy has a big belly and that's okay. And that's it. That's like the end of the conversation. There's nothing else about it. But if you're struggling with it, you're not alone. I think It would be silly to be like, here are my three tips of how you, you know, get rid of body image struggles because it's a work in progress. It's something that we are always working on. It's not simple. I think depending on your specific circumstances and the people that surround you, it can be really, really challenging. I didn't speak about this piece of it at all um, because it wasn't so relevant for me, but like what your partner or your husband says in support of you, or maybe like if they're struggling with you looking really differently than you did before, that could be incredibly painful and hurtful. Thank God that wasn't my experience. Um, so it's not something that I necessarily struggled with personally, but like I did have this fear about it. I thought about that also, like what's my husband going to think? And is he still attracted to me? And I, I've worked with people who say, you know, my husband admitted, like he's really struggling with my weight gain and not in a way of like, I don't love you anymore, but it's hard for him. It's really hard for him that this is not what the girl he married looked like. And, you know, these are really real pains and struggles. Again, I think the only way to really go forward is to keep talking about it and become more aware of it. And my intention with this is that anyone who thinks they're alone and struggling with it, or if you think like, oh, maybe if I only look different, if only I was thin, I wouldn't have these worries. I don't think it's true. I think a lot of women have these worries and it's not even connected to what we look like, which is so, so crazy. And that's why it's really, really important to just work on strengthening our relationship with our body. For me, I know a lot of that comes through nourishing my body in a healthy way, taking care of it the way that I would take care of one of my kids. Like I want my kids to eat healthy foods and be full and satisfied and get the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that they need and also enjoy their food. And I really try as much as possible to apply the same thing to myself and come at it from that place of love, never a place of deprivation. I work a lot on setting goals in my fitness around, um, what's the right word? Like not, they're not aesthetic and they're not, I don't know if performance-based is the right word. Maybe it's performance or like personal records, but let's say with yoga, this year, I really, really want to do a handstand. Not because I think that's like the definition of being really fit or being really amazing at yoga. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are good at yoga. Listen, I'm pretty good at yoga, but I can't do a handstand yet. But I just feel like it would be cool. You know, if I could do a handstand, that would be super cool. So I have goals around that. And I take all these yoga classes that are helping build up strength so that I could do that. And I find that that's just like a really fun fitness goal to have that's focused on something. I'm definitely improving. I have you know, a pathway ahead to help me get stronger and get closer to that goal. But there's no piece of that that's about manipulating my body, looking a different way, um, looking smaller, shrinking myself. It's just like, I want to do a handstand or I have gotten a lot more into strength training since, um, actually since my podcast episode with Naomi, it's really inspired me for my blood sugar health, for my hormone health to be more focused on building muscle. And so now I have goals around, you know, being able to do a certain number of reps with a certain weight. And that also feels really good and feels really aligned of like, okay, I love 
I love pushing myself to do better and, you know, dream bigger and be stronger and feel like as my baby is getting stronger, I want to be able to hold more weight and carry more. So, you know, once he hit seven kilos, I was like, my six kilo weights are not going to cut it. Like I need to be strong to hold this baby. And, you know, my five kilo of groceries that I'm getting from the store, like that's really where the motivation is coming from. And I think the more that we can bring in those really wholesome, positive aspirations with our health and our body, the less room there is for that black hole of the negative body image stuff to suck everything in. And it doesn't mean it goes away. Again, like I still have my days where I'm like, okay, I feel better about the way I look or less better about the way that I look. But I'm also like, okay, it's okay that it's there. It's okay that in our crazy society and with all the stuff going on on social media and regular media and every message we've heard from growing up, it's totally normal and okay that those thoughts are there sometimes. And there's going to be other thoughts that come up throughout the day and I'm just going to keep moving forward. And so I would love to hear from you guys if this resonated for you at all. If this is something that you had questions about or you had any other questions about, you know, pregnancy, postpartum, Um, I know there's been some requests for like actual meal plans and stuff postpartum. That's not really what the focus of this episode was today. But if you guys want more of like a, you know, scientific angle on what we could do to nourish ourselves postpartum in terms of recovery and breastfeeding, I'm also really happy to talk about that. So let me know. You can always find me on Instagram at Lauren Allen Nutrition. You can email me. I think all my info is in the show notes. And I hope that you are all doing great wherever you are during these crazy times in this crazy world. And you know what? It felt good. It felt really good to talk about this and not talk about all the current events that are happening. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Be in touch. And hopefully I will be back soon with another episode. Thank you so much for listening to the About Health and Hormones podcast. If you loved today's episode, I would love to know. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so I can make this podcast even better for you all. I would love to connect with you. Follow me on Instagram at Lauren Allen Nutrition or head to my website, www.laurenallennutrition.com to learn about my coaching programs and stay up to date on all of my latest workshops and courses. I am so glad you are here today and I wish you all health and happiness.